Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast. Here's Ricky Chino and SP3 on the Believe Podcast Network. Oh, welcome in. It is a glorious Tuesday morning. And this is the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast. Rick Uccino, SP3, with you as always. After, I gotta say, I thought WWE delivered for Monday Night Raw. The first hour started a little bit slow. But there was some damn good wrestling on this show. There were some stakes involved with that wrestling. It's the simplest of things, SP3, but it makes the show so much better. Well, if people watch the Believe or listen to the Believe in Pro Wrestling podcast for me and Rick to disagree, we are going to disagree on this week's on this episode here because that show was boring. That was just a boring show. Yes, Austin Theory versus Kevin Owens was good. AJ Styles versus Rey Mysterio was good. I was entertained by the final segment and the opening segment. But that's about 30 minutes of a three-hour show, ladies and gentlemen. I'm sorry. That's unacceptable. And this was a boring show to watch. If you guys are watching on the YouTube, you're going to be seeing me uh, turn my head uh, a lot uh, during this episode because uh, we're recording this. Couldn't do this last night when we typically do. Uh, We are recording this at 8 o'clock in the morning. Uh, on a Tuesday. And of course, my daughter got up early and uh, I'm the only one home with her right now. So I'm hoping that puppy dog pals will occupy her uh, for the duration of this podcast. So we may actually, out of necessity, hit that half hour mark today that we we always try to get to. Uh, there were a few things on this Raw uh, that I liked to um, that I enjoyed uh, a little bit more uh, than you did. I thought the scooter race was was fantastic. Um, I, I, I'm loving everything that riddle and 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 chad gable is just the man's a national treasure now at this point everything that he does he has great comedic timing everything that he's doing is is just great right now so i enjoyed the scooter race i'm also enjoying the alexa bliss segments even though you claim that they're boring and they're not uh entertaining i'm interested to see where they're going i'm noticing the subtleties of what they're doing with alexa bliss and how they're trying to get her back to normal and her acting is fantastic by the way can we just agree on that, that, you know, you may not like what they're giving her to do, but she is hitting a home run with it. Uh, so there are things that I enjoy a little bit more on this show than, than you necessarily would or, uh, or, or, or did enjoy last night. But again, man, just going back to the simple things of giving me good wrestling that has consequences where the wins and losses matter. To me, that is what makes the show better. I didn't say it was a great show last night, but it was a good show and it was better mostly because of those two simple little things. Great wrestling matches that where the wins and losses actually freaking mattered to me. And that that's important. We do have a big matchup that is set up for Elimination Chamber that is going to feature Brock Lesnar getting a shot at the WWE Championship. Oh boy. We will get into that. Austin Theory did defeat Kevin Owens clean as a sheet last night to qualify for said Elimination Chamber, and the internet lost its damn mind. We will get into that as well. But I'll tell you what everybody did lose their mind at last night. It wasn't the Ronda Rousey-Becky Lynch exchange. It was the Becky Lynch-Lita 
exchange. And that is going to be our lead story. Lita makes her surprise return last night after Ronda Rousey basically no-sold Becky Lynch last night, threw her over her shoulder, said, nah, you'll get my answer on Friday. Basically playing it off like she doesn't give a flying crap about Becky Lynch or really anything that's going on right now. We will get into Ronda Rousey in just a little bit. But all of a sudden, man, you, you saw Ronda flip flip Becky, say you'll get my answer on Friday, and then you look at the clock and it's like, man, there's four minutes left in this show. Did they just screw up? Did they end this early? No, sir. Lita's music hits. She comes down. She goads the goat into putting up her championship on the line against Lita at Elimination Chamber. This is a match I never thought we would get. And this, this is one that I'm putting right up there with with Charlotte and Trish Stratus as one of these these dream level matches that honestly I'm surprised considering the the amount of opponents that are left for for Becky Lynch they didn't consider putting this on WrestleMania to me this is a WrestleMania worthy match and they're putting it on in Saudi Arabia for the Raw Women's Championship on the line look I I don't I usually don't get excited about these elimination chamber or these uh, Saudi Arabia pay-per-views but damn it SP3 they are doing their best to get me invested into this one. You got a very interesting chamber with a bunch of interesting uh, characters mixed up in there. And then you got this, this dream generational type of matchup with Lita versus Becky Lynch. You, you've heard all the comparisons before. And this was a smart booking choice by WWE because they apparently did not want the Cincinnati fans to be heard during Ronda and Becky's exchange because they went heavy on that, on that, uh, can pop can, yeah, they did. can crowd noise. They and did not. Like, and I thought, and, and based on what we saw on camera, I would have liked to hear the reaction. Cause some people were cheering up in town. Some people were booing. Man, yeah. They a great of, reaction. They did. You, you could tell they clearly did not trust what the audience's reaction to Ronda was going to be. And they wanted to dictate and make it come off how they thought. And then they did it poorly because yes. there was one spot where it's like somebody slipped on the slider and just cranked it up to 11 and then potted it back down. And I'm like, whoa, guys, this is why AEW shows come off so much better because they don't try to dictate how the audience reacts. They just let the audience react. If the crowd is dead, Sorry, the crowd's dead. That's just what it is. If the crowd boos somebody who they want you to cheer, who gives a shit? You roll with the punches, right? They clearly wanted the audience to react a certain way to Ronda Rousey and did not trust my hometown to do it. And they, they, like, cranked, they cranked the volume down and they, they potted in the fake stuff. But they didn't even, like, pot in, like, cheers. So if they wanted, like, I didn't know what they were potting in. It was just, like, empty crowd noise for, like, a lot of it to... Like the point that her promo, like she didn't give a, she didn't care. And it, it it just came off like she'd rather be anywhere else in the world. But I think that would have been perfect with the organic noise from Cincinnati. But here, Lita got a much bigger reaction. It was a good choice to follow her up after that Rhonda and Becky exchange. Um, I liked what she had to say. I liked her challenge of Becky Lynch. I liked Becky Lynch's response. And it sets up a very interesting Raw Women's title match for uh, Elimination Chamber. So they have two money matchups. And we still don't know what's going on with the Universal Championship. So it's a very interesting pay-per-view coming out of Monday Night Raw. Yeah, if you look at the, the landscape of the Raw Women's division, um, 
I disagree with something that, that Becky Lynch said last night. She said the Raw Women's Division division has never been hotter. That is a bold-faced lie. That yeah. is clearly written uh, for, for her to talk about. Now, I will say that as far as performance goes, I don't think Becky Lynch has ever been hotter because in the ring, all of her matches have been really, really good. But the the opponents that she's had so far outside of Bianca Belair are are up and comers. There's not there's not really that Batman to to Joker, uh, you know, to get people monstrously in, invested. So it's like, and you look at the the landscape, the Raw Women's Division. If it was hotter, if it was hotter than it's ever been, you would have three, four, five legitimate challengers. We're going, oh my god, who are they going to put in this match with Becky Lynch at WrestleMania if Ronda Rousey chooses Charlotte Flair? You got one option. You got one option outside of Bianca Belair. Who's it? Rhea Ripley ain't heated up to this point. Uh, she just finished up, at least, you know, you would expect. She just finished up uh, her, her program with Nikki A.S.H. last night, getting the win over her. So it's like the Raw Women's Division is not hot right now, nor is the SmackDown Women's Division is hot right now. But again, this is what we talked about on yesterday's episode. Ronda Rousey will hopefully heat things up there. And you could tell that Becky Lynch was excited. She was motivated. She was on point on the microphone last night, even if I didn't believe a word of what she said, especially when she said she was in a hurry to get out of Cincinnati to go back to Davenport, Iowa. Kiss my ass. You are lying your ass off if you were saying you can't wait to get out of Cincinnati to go to Iowa. But that's just that's just me talking. I, I'm just going to say one thing. Everything you said was right, except for one thing. Becky Lynch's performance hasn't been that great. It's been great. in the, in Her in-ring performance has been consistently quality but character wise it's not working it's just not working ladies it's and not gentlemen. working for you not, i'm enjoying it's not working time. no it's not working with the crowd she doesn't get cheered a lot she does she makes a line and she'll get booed but she doesn't get booed a lot it's indifferent it's the worst thing you can be as a heel as a heel you either want to get cheered because you're playing a really cool character or you want to get booed because you're a heel and you're the bad guy and you're supposed to get heat. Becky Lynch gets neither. It's not working. I, like, I, I would. I've, I've, I've said this on multiple different podcasts. I, everyone hears the crowd like it's, it's not just me. It's not just me. I understand you're a Becky Lynch fan, but listen to the crowd. They are not reacting the way they that Becky would want them to react, which is either cheers or boos or both. It's indifferent. They don't. It's like you. It's like the WWE have booked her into this indifferent corner. Right. Look, I love the big time Bex character. I love the over the top stuff. I wish that WWE wouldn't put her in these confines of, oh, well, this character has to be a bad person because clearly the audience still wants to cheer for her. And I think part of this is people are hesitant to change and we saw this with with nikki ash people want her to go back to just being crazy nikki because that's what they love so much about her and then she does a superhero gimmick and then people just immediately reject it and i think everybody just wanted becky lynch to come back and be the man right and and that's not what the direction that they started to go and i think people are are still pushing back on that but me as an objective person who is is looking at the performance of what becky lynch is i love the big time bex character i wish they just let it be a baby face big time bex character her, her coming down and that ridiculous outfit and laughing at Ronda Rousey and calling her a weirdo was so damn great last night. And just, well, what's the word I'm looking for here? I can't, I can't think of the word. Uh, um, look, let, let's just say Becky Lynch calling Ronda Rousey a weirdo while wearing that outfit 
was hilarious to me. I wish they would just let her be over the top, be this this glamorous character, and still let the crowd cheer for her, because clearly they just don't want the audience to cheer for her. And again, it goes back to, to dictating, dictating how the crowd should respond. Look, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, right? We saw her in Cleveland. She got that crowd to boo her, and then they still cheered for her when they did the DMD. Just let the audience react how they want to react. You don't need to have Becky Lynch taking a dig at the city of Cincinnati. Like, it's just, if the fans love her, the fans love her. You don't, I don't know why they're continuing to do this heel turn, because as you said, the audience collectively is not responding. But that's not going to stop me from enjoying the work that she's been putting on. I uh, mean, any, any I, less. I'll just be honest. The big time best character is not that good to me because Seth Rollins playing a similar character, just more over the top, and it's working better. So I'm sorry. If I have a direct comparison because they're basically playing the same role and going to the same stylist, like I would say Seth is doing a better job because he he either gets booed or he gets cheered. Like it's not this indifferent. Like it's it's a combination of WWE not being able to go with the what the what the crowd wants and a combination of Becky Lynch is not an effective heel character. This is this is this would work better if she was the cocky baby face similar to like Shawn Michaels in 95 or 96. Yes, I agree. More than what she's trying to do. Yeah, again, I I I thought the heel turn from the get-go from her coming back was ill-advised and it hasn't garnered the crowd reactions that you would expect or hope heading into WrestleMania season. And I would hope the WWE would not be stubborn and just kind of change their direction, change their course, listen to the crowd. But as we know, they don't necessarily uh, do that. But people are still excited for Becky Lynch versus Lita at Elimination Chamber. Again, it appears as though we are heading toward Charlotte and Ronda. Becky and Bianca, even though they haven't heated up Bianca yet, she hasn't been losing any matches. Got to figure out a way to make her the number one contender, which they may wait until after Elimination Chamber to do that. Yeah. Which may or may not. You don't necessarily need a long build, though, with Bianca and Becky because all the history is there. So we'll, we'll, we'll table that for now. But there is the possibility. Maybe. Slight. I wouldn't put it at more than 5%. That they could just decide to put the title on Lita and just do a completely different angle heading into... Uh, WrestleMania season when when um when Lita came out and went face to face with Charlotte and said, "Look, I think I got one more run back in the back in myself." I was hoping that that was more than just WWE speak of trying to get the crowd excited about the possibility of this. So as we enter into the five counts, five biggest questions coming out of Monday Night Raw last night. SV3, if you were booking, would you entertain the idea of putting the Raw Women's Championship on Lita heading into WrestleMania and really kind of shake things up in the Raw Women's Division right now? Yes, I would entertain it because the Raw Women's Division is not the hottest it's ever been. Like, you have Becky Lynch, who, despite my, despite my issues and the crowd's issues with her heel character, she is still a major star for the company. They built up Bianca Belair very well. So despite how they booked her over the last six months, it doesn't matter. She's still viewed as a top star. And then there's a dramatic drop after that in the Raw Women's Division. They like Liv Morgan, they tried with and they had her close. And honestly, in retrospect, once again, I'm going to say they should have pulled the trigger and Liv Morgan because that would have been a good way 
for Becky Lynch to say she made a star, and they could have transitioned it. They could have transitioned it right back, honestly. Yeah, they could. I would have been fine with it, but Liv needed a win to get something out of that program where now we're we're a month out from that program and it did nothing for her. It did nothing for her, honestly. Like Becky Lynch. She was on main event last night. Wrestling dewdrop. Like like Beck it both of her last challengers. Like like she and I won't I'm not gonna front. Like I said, Becky Lynch, the character isn't working for me or the crowd at the majority. But in, in ring, she highlighted what Dewdrop and Liv Morgan do very well. And now we're a month out and both of them are are not any better or honestly. And that's you, on the company, man. That is yeah. 100% on WWE Creative because the same things happen to Roman Reigns' opponents. Yeah, Roman Reigns elevates his opponents while they're in the program with each other. And then WWE just says, all right, See you, bye. Yeah. You're, you're back Kevin, down to the mid card. Kevin Owens looked great after his program with Roman Reigns. Cesaro looked great after his program with Roman Reigns. Jay Uso looked great after his program with Roman Reigns. All of them are in the same exact position. Finn Balor. Finn Balor. Oh, no. No. Honestly, Finn Balor's worse off than where he was. <laughs> I know, but what I'm saying is all no, of them no, are worse off. They've no. all fallen off a table. I, I was saving Finn Balor because, honestly, Cesaro is no different than what he was before the Roman Reigns Pro Bowl than he was after. Jey Uso, he went back to his hat team, so he's no different than he was after. Kevin Owens, he's no different than what he after. Finn Balor is the one that got damaged by a program with Roman Reigns because yeah. of the way they booked themselves into the corner with the demon character and the way they had him lose. He is now in a lower position than what he was before the program because on it, you have to remember, ladies and gentlemen, he was coming off of the one of the best NXT championship runs and then gets and then comes up to the main roster. He's pulling off win after win after win. Only like three wins, and then they got him a world title, a uh, universal championship matchup where he lost once because of a low blow and an attack by the Uso, and then he lost the second time because a turnbuckle fell off. But as far as like Lita, the reason why I would entertain the idea of putting the title on Lita is because there is not much for them to do, like they can go to the Bianca Becky matchup, but honestly. I don't think Bianca and Becky's gonna have this great match that's gonna be remembered like Sasha Banks. Honestly, I think if they book Bianca and Becky, the the leaked crowd video of what happened last night after Raw is what we're gonna get at WrestleMania. Bianca Belair turns the fortune and beats Becky Lynch in half the time. Becky Lynch beat her at SummerSlam. She's gonna do one punch. The, the KOD, because really, that's the only way you can get Bianca Belair back to where she was right. before Becky Lynch returned. So I think that is the result. So I would I would hate that, that so damn much. And I'm not I even saying so. I'm not even saying that as a Becky Lynch fan. I think, again, and this is something else we'll, we'll get into. You have the opportunity here to have Becky Lynch's title loss mean something. Having her lose the belt after holding it for three years in 12 seconds would diminish it greatly. Like it, it would just mean like, oh, well, this is this was so damn easy. Why didn't anybody just it would be almost as bad as Bianca Belair losing in 20. It, it, it would be worse. Honestly, it would be worse than Bianca Belair losing in 26 seconds at SummerSlam. I hated when they did this to Daniel Bryan, where Daniel Bryan had this great run 
with the World Heavyweight Championship, right? He was like unbeatable. He's winning elimination chambers or cage matches or whatever the hell it is. He's defying all the odds. And then one kiss and a brogue kick in 13 seconds into a match at WrestleMania, he loses the title to Sheamus. I hated that so damn much. I would hope they wouldn't do that. This is WrestleMania, man. This is a two-night WrestleMania. You ain't short on time. Don't give me no 13-second match at WrestleMania. Do not give me Daniel Bryan and Sheamus. Do not give me Samoa Joe and, and Rey Mysterio, especially with one of your top women's title. If you have Charlotte Flair and Ronda Rousey main eventing for the SmackDown Women's Championship in a match that will probably go somewhere between 12 to 15 minutes, and then your Raw Women's Championship match is on the undercard, and you lose in 13 seconds, how detrimental is that going to be to your year-long build to Becky Lynch and Ronda Rousey? And that's something we're going to get into here now is like Ronda Rousey's answer last night for not challenging Becky Lynch was basically spite. It was basically spite. Like, look, oh, you, you are still on my undercard. You are still on my undercard no matter what. You are beneath me. It's literally like Ronda watched Believe in Pro Wrestling and heard me and Rhea and Rick arguing about who's the main reason why Russell, who got the WrestleMania main event. I was like, you know what? Yeah, I'm the reason, so I'm not going to pick her. So she's on the other. That was brilliant. Like, so so was the brilliant. question, by the way, number two, you're buying Ronda Rouse's answer for why she may not challenge Becky Lynch at WrestleMania. It was brilliant to me. I, I was like, I, I honestly messaged Rick as I'm watching it. I was like, why I didn't think of that? Why did you think of that? That's brilliant. Like, oh, you're still on my undercard. I'm the big time. Bitch around here, the yeah. baddest, the baddest. I love it. I love the the logic. Um, I wish that WWE would have just oh, we let us hear the crowd with the yeah. with the promo because I think that the crowd going crazy with either cheers or boos or just all boos while Ronda is there looking like she could care less would have made for a great like just final yes. promo and but atmosphere and stuff like. I, I, you know, some people like to look back on those bad promos by by Rhonda and the crowd response she was getting. I love those. Those were organic. Those yeah. are organic. WWE thought she would get cheered. Then she messed up because she's still new to wrestling. She's still yeah. green on the mic and in the ring. And it just, it just, it made for cool moments on, on TV and stuff to talk about coming out of the show. I like stuff like this. So I buy it 100%. I am too. Um, much as I might hate to admit it, because I was on, you know, team strike while the iron's hot. It makes total sense to go ahead and give the biggest match possible that you can give at WrestleMania 38. This is a main event match, Becky Lynch versus Ronda Rousey, and I still think it is, and I still think it does make more sense given the fact that Becky Lynch is still holding onto the championship that she beat Ronda Rousey for. But Ronda Rousey being smart and coming back and going, okay. What is the worst possible thing that I could do to Becky Lynch? Yeah, I could beat her. I could take her championship. But is that the most important thing to Becky Lynch right now? Or is it being the big time, the top draw, the top star in all of WWE that she claims to be? So if I come back and I choose somebody else and my match goes on last and her match goes on first or in the middle of the card, that is a bigger dig. That is sticking the knife in the side and twisting it because that hurts the ego. Yeah, losing to Ronda Rousey in the main event of WrestleMania, there, there's no shame in that. There's no shame in that whatsoever. 
because she's just that damn good. So that's that's something that I think Becky Lynch could overcome more than the fact of oh they put Ron they put they put Ronnie they put Ronnie on last and they put me on first. That uh, is the biggest damn dig that Ronda Rousey could do and honestly help set this catalyst for the year long build. So to give WWE credit, it's genius. I I it didn't make any sense leading into this. But if this is the decision, if spite is the reason, because this is a bigger attack on Becky Lynch and just taking her title, like that's too easy. I love this. I love this. If we get like a John and she loses and Becky loses to Bianca Belair, if we get like a John Cena level, like I'm not saying she has to like this is blame, blame this, is, this loss on losing her marriage or anything like that. But if we no. get like a John Cena level, like. This Depression. is why I'm okay with Bianca Belair beating her in 12 seconds because it totally humbles this big-time Bex character, and then we can go on the long journey of her going back to being the man, to being the person that embraces the crowd, to being the person that they want over Ronda Rousey. That's why I want this. That's why I'm okay with either Lita being her at, at Elimination Chamber or the 12-second win at the WrestleMania because, honestly, I feel like that's the best thing for Bianca Belair. You might not think it's the best thing for Becky Lynch, but I feel like it is also for the Becky Lynch big-time best character that she needs to be humbled. Bianca Belair beating her in 12 minutes, all she's going to do is get a rematch, and we're going to get three months of Bianca and Becky. The real like close to this character and the year-long build would be her getting humbled and beaten in the same way that she started off this run. See, now I'm going... I'm going back and forth on this and I'm trying to think as my daughter is screaming at the top of her lungs, chain, chasing the dog upstairs. Uh, I'm, I'm going back and forth on this as, as you're talking about it. Cause I, I do agree with a lot of what you said, but part of me thinks that the performers themselves at WrestleMania would much rather do something longer than 12 seconds. Oh, of course the performers themselves, but I am talking about how the fans react to these characters yeah. and getting these characters where they need to be for after WrestleMania that they are intriguing. Like Be Bianca Belair, regardless of how many losses she's taken, and she hasn't taken many since SummerSlam, she is not where she was when she made her entrance at SummerSlam in August of 2021. We need to get her back to there so WWE has another top star to go along with Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair, and Ronda Rousey. The only way to do that is to redeem that loss and she needs a quick win. And Becky Lynch, for this big-time best character that has her ego so big, the biggest it's ever been, and is so full of herself that she's against the fans that got her to where she needed to be, she needs to be humbled and brought back down to realize that she needs the fans again. That's why she needs the loss as well. And I think, because I'm looking at the, I'm looking toward the future here, and as much as I would love to have Lita have that one more run, win a women's championship, have a match at WrestleMania. And she still looks great. And she looks like she does have one more run left in her. I think for me, this is more about Bianca Belair, which is why I would not entertain the idea of putting the title on Lita. I think Bianca Belair has to come out of WrestleMania. However they do it, Bianca Belair has to come out of WrestleMania 38 with that Raw Women's Championship to help make her and solidify her as a star to come back around and make good uh, for the loss. However they do it. Um, so yeah, man, I, I think it's going to be very interesting to see how they start 
this year long build because they, because uh, Becky Lynch losing at WrestleMania, it's going to be very interesting to see how they build her back up and get her back up to Ronda Rousey's level because I expect Ronda to win at WrestleMania. I expect Becky to lose at WrestleMania. So now, big time Bex falls all the way to the bottom of the mountain. Ronda Rousey's back at the top. How do we get back there to make this dream match a main event level match at WrestleMania 39? And frankly, I'm ready to see it. I am ready to see it, but I'm still going to enjoy the hell out of this Lita and Becky Lynch build uh, and this match at Elimination Chamber. Speaking of Elimination Chamber, we do have a WWE title match uh, that is set. Bobby Lashley, the new almighty champion, is going to defend against five other opponents inside Elimination Chamber. And one of those includes Brock Lesnar, who came out in Cincinnati last night ready to fight. Bobby's looking all good in his, his red suit. He's here to celebrate. And Brock comes out, man, and he's he looks and he's like, look, I got nothing against you, Bobby. That was a great fight that we had last night. But let's be honest. Let's address the elephant in the room. If it wasn't for Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman, you wouldn't have that belt on your shoulder. But I hold nothing against you. And let me not have any suspense here. I'm not challenging you. I don't give a damn about you at WrestleMania. I'm going for Roman Reigns. But here's the other thing. I want my damn title back. So I'm smart. I'm a businessman. I'm going to use my one time, my guaranteed title match at WrestleMania to challenge Roman Reigns. But I'm also going to try to goat you <laughs> into giving me my rematch fair and square so I can make this title for title. Yep. Didn't happen. MVP. Cooler heads prevailed. Like they, here's another Back to the Future reference, second one in a week. They tried. He tried his ass off to get Bobby Lashley to do the Marty McFly and say, nobody calls me chicken as he shoves off the jacket and gets up and, you know, presumably would have got his ass beat. Um, MVP, cooler heads prevailed on that one. He got Bobby Lashley out of the ring. But then Adam Pierce put Brock Lesnar inside the elimination chamber, and I'm sitting here and I'm going, are they really about to do this? Did they really have Brock Lesnar drop the WWE title so he could win the Royal Rumble just to win back the WWE championship at Elimination Chamber and do the title versus title match that they wanted with Roman Reigns at WrestleMania and do that just to get rid of the big issue with doing that, which is something we talked about ad nauseum. What do you do with the Royal Rumble winner? You don't have a Royal Rumble winner now at this point. You have Brock Lesnar, who would be, once again, your WWE champion. So I ask you, if Brock Lesnar wins at Elimination Chamber, is that great planning on WWE's part to get what they wanted? Or is this just bad booking? It's not bad booking. It's very lazy booking. <laughs> it's, not, it's not technically bad. It's just really lazy that they couldn't come up with a reasonable WWE title match with either Bobby Lashley as the WWE champion or someone else. You have you have main eventers on Mon on Monday Night Raw. This True. is not an issue of SmackDown where SmackDown has no main eventers pretty much outside of Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre. Raw has plenty of them. Seth Rollins versus Kevin Owens have developed a relationship and would have made an interesting WWE championship matchup. Big E in the WWE championship nice. picture instead of thrown on SmackDown would have been interesting for WrestleMania. 
and even the latest idea, which we'll talk about with the next question. Yep. RK Bro deciding the WWE Championship would have been great. This right here just says no one's as big as Rock and Roman, so we're just going to make it title for title. But instead of, you know, creating, we don't want to think about, you know, a WWE Championship match. We want to figure it out in the weeks to come. Or we're, we're just going to forget about that and make it yeah. title for title. This just feels lazy to me if Brock Lesnar wins to make it title for title. Because literally, you have hopscotched this WWE title from Big E to Brock Lesnar because Roman Reigns got uh, tested positive for COVID-19. You hopscotched it from, from Brock to Bobby Lashley because you wanted Brock to win the Royal Rumble. Yep. And then you're gonna you're gonna hopscotch it from Lashley to Brock because you couldn't figure out a WWE title match for WrestleMania. No, this is not great planning, ladies and gentlemen. And I will not accept that as an answer. This is just very much just lazy booking or booking on the fly without a real plan in place. It's 2017 all over again. If you if you go back to 2017, you remember AJ Styles started off that year as the WWE champion. He drops the belt to John Cena. John Cena's 16th world title win. Historic, right? Two weeks later, he's dropping the belt to Bray Wyatt inside Elimination Chamber. And then like four weeks later, Bray Wyatt is dropping the belt to Randy Orton at WrestleMania. And then literally a month later, Randy Orton drops the title to Jinder Mahal. And that's the person we get the long reign for. And yeah, and then he has it for six months. That is probably the worst. This is that is probably the one of the worst periods for the uh, probably outside of 1999. That's probably the worst period for the WWE championship. Look, I'm all I'm all for unpredictable title wins because it, it, it does add a sense of realism. Right. In boxing, you could win the world heavyweight championship and then lose your next fight. Yeah. Same thing in UFC. That title could hopscotch back and forth. And that's and that's fine. I'm, I'm cool with unpredictability. And a title ring can end at any time. It does add a sense of realism to it. But at a certain point, it, it especially in a in a scripted show, it it becomes detrimental to that championship because it's almost like it doesn't matter who has the damn title, and you don't want that. So if they if they were going to do this, just have Brock retain the championship. Now I know they wanted to do their presumed day one finish with Heyman turning back on Brock Lesnar, and I understand that. I totally get that, and I understand if that's why they wanted to do it, and that was their sole, um, their, their sole push for having Bobby defeat Brock Lesnar. Okay, I get it, but then don't head this way. Just give me another WWE Championship match. You can come up with something else, but if they were going to do this, where they were going to have title versus title, just have Brock defeat Bobby Lashley, enter the damn Royal Rumble as a champion, which Charlotte Flair did. And, and she we did in 2020. Yeah. Exactly. Just have him enter the damn Royal Rumble as the champion because he wants Roman Reigns. Just, just have him do that. Don't do this hot potato BS because this isn't going to do anything for Bobby Lashley. And here's the thing: whether Brock wins at Elimination Chamber or not, I don't think Bobby Lashley is winning. Period. So what is a three week run with a WWE Championship where literally it was Paul Heyman and Roman Reigns was the reason that you won? and then you lose it in your first defense, what does that do to Bobby Lashley? It, do, it doesn't do anything for him other than he can say, hey, I'm a two-time WWE champion, which is great, but his first one was fantastic. 
It yeah. really, really was. He was booked about as well as you can be booked for a WWE champion. He was dominant. Have him drop it in losing Elimination Chamber, which I think is going to happen one way or another. That does not do anything for him. And, and frankly, yeah, go ahead. And shout out to the Public Enemies podcast for pointing out that Bobby Lashley uh, went through Ron Isley's closet for that suit last night on Monday Night Raw. That was a brilliant suit. I loved it. Every minute of Bobby Lashley. There has Bobby Lashley in a Ron Isley a shiny shiny red suit that was beautiful beautiful i thought he was just but, ready for valentine's day getting ready for lana or something but they are <laughs> wow uh they are a deep cut uh there are two options that they could have went with at at royal rumble you named one of those which is brock lesnar winning his matchup against bobby lashley and still wanting roman reigns and that matchup that he never got at day one, and inserting himself into the Royal Rumble to win it as WWE yeah. champion, and it would have been history. It was the first yeah. time the WWE champion won the Royal Rumble match, so that would have worked perfect. The whole the whole thing in WWE's mind was Brock needs a reason to enter the Royal Rumble, yeah. but you gotta have Brock and and Heyman turn on him, and that's the reason. But you didn't give us the reason of how. Brock Lesnar got into the Royal Rumble in a, in a with an hour's notice. Like, like you didn't I mean, explain just, that. You literally just had him say that I was better. upset and I inserted myself in the Royal Rumble. That's it would have been honestly, it would have been better. And I know they were going for shock, but it wasn't a shock. All right, fans are smart. We knew Brock Lesnar was going to come back out and win that match. Just have him beat the shit out of the 30th entrant or 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 threaten Adam Pierce okay. to get in. Give us something. Give yeah. us something don't just have brock's music hit and then him come back out because no you you can't tell me that he was slotted for the royal you can't tell me that all 30 entrants weren't solidified before the start of the show so give me a reason why show me how he got into the match again that's the that's the lazy part to me yeah they they always go with tell instead of show like show is what we want so the yeah. better option, I think I said this on yesterday's show, the better option would have been for Seth Rollins to really get in Roman Reigns' head and beat him for the Universal Championship. Brock and Bobby, go the way it goes. Just let them have the match that fans want, and Brock Lesnar wins. And then Roman Reigns is entered as the 30th entrant, and you use the, he has a new special counsel. That's how he got right. into the Raw Rumble match. That would have worked 100% better than booking yourself into another corner like they've done here. Yeah, this, the more I'm thinking about it here, especially the way that Brock Lesnar just won the Royal Rumble by just going down there and just chucking dudes and decimated everybody, it would have made a lot more sense if you would have had, I don't know, pick anybody, pick Apollo Crews, who was originally slated for the match and then wasn't in the match. Would have been crap for Apollo Crews, I get it, but. You took him out of the match anyway. At least put him on the damn show. Have him getting ready to enter as number 30. And then a pissed off Brock Lesnar just absolutely destroys him. A la uh, um, Nia Jax, you know, with with R-Truth. And then she enters into the men's Royal Rumble. So we've seen you do it before. Have an incredibly furious Brock Lesnar beat the crap out of your 30th entrant, who could have been Apollo Crews. Take him out. Enter himself into the Royal Rumble. And then just decimate everybody. You didn't have any suspense whatsoever in the match anyway. That would have been a much better option than what they actually did, which was just, oh, hey, here's Brock. 
And yeah, he's just going to plow through everybody. And, and that's it. He didn't look pissed off. He didn't look, he just strolled down to the ring. Like he was like, like crap. He looked more annoyed that he had to work twice in one night than anything. That's why I'm, that's why I don't think that option is better either because Brock didn't want to be out there, but you're exiting Brock Lesnar, a man that's been in this, been back with this company for nearly a decade now, who doesn't like wrestling on one once on a show, you're asking him to go out twice. That's why Roman Reigns being in the 30th spot is the better option, ladies and gentlemen. I have a better option for you. According to a report from PW Insider, the original favorite before they handed it to Brock Lesnar was Matt Riddle. Matt Riddle was the reported favorite to win the men's Royal Rumble match. And then plans changed constantly over the weekend. Surprise, surprise. And they ultimately decided to go with Brock Lesnar to win the Royal Rumble. I personally would have loved the idea of Matt Riddle winning the Royal Rumble. Say what you want about him. I know people love him. I know people hate him. Whether that's for personal reasons, whether that's for character reasons. The flat out point is the guy is a star. He is massively over on Monday Night Raw. He is incredible in the ring, and his character's even growing on me some. He makes me laugh more and more every week. I enjoy watching Matt Riddle work. Does his booking leading up to the Royal Rumble signify that he does, that he was even a, a ch- uh, there was even a chance for him to win it? No, but here's the thing, SP3. I don't care about that. It's an over-the-top rope challenge. Literally anybody can win that. Anybody can win that. That's what I love about the Royal Rumble. It's a lottery, man. You have a chance to change your trajectory. You have a chance to go out there and say, look, my luck is shit right now, but I can go out here and I can win this damn thing and earn myself a title shot. And then you can heat him up going into WrestleMania. There would have been shock value in it. And frankly, WWE could have decided to make somebody, which is what we have talked about over the last couple of weeks. They actively choose against doing that. For whatever reason, they choose against doing that. So number four here in the five count, what does it say to you that WWE reportedly chose Brock over Riddle at the Royal Rumble? To me, it signifies that they're scared to pull the trigger. They're scared to pull the trigger on anybody other than the big four, that well, now the big five that Ronda Rousey is back. They are scared to pull the trigger on anybody not named Roman Reigns, on anybody not named Brock Lesnar, Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair, or Ronda Rousey, at least during WrestleMania season. They are more likely to pull the trigger on somebody like a Big E, on somebody like a Rhea Ripley, at either at WrestleMania to push into the summer, but heading into WrestleMania, they are not betting on anybody other than their top stars for their, for their main title programs. It just tells me that they're scared to pull the trigger to make somebody like a Matt Riddle. Um, honestly, what it tells me is something similar, uh, I would say, and I'm, and let me, let me preface this by saying, I believe the reports from PW Insider, but I don't believe that it was a serious option. Honestly, I do believe that WWE, uh, suggested Riddle win the Royal Rumble because I can see a writer's room without Vince McMahon in there, because you always have to come to Vince McMahon with the Raw Rumble winner, and Vince McMahon is the final say that says, okay, I can see a writer's room being like, Vince likes Riddle. Vince yeah. loves Riddle. 
Let's let us let us suggest Riddle for the Rumble win because you know you do want to make a star in these Rumble wins. But what I've learned from the last from the last decade of Rumble winners is that they don't like to elevate someone new every single year. They kind of go every other Back and year. Forth. Yeah, like like Sheamus in 20, 2012, he had already been world champion, but this was like a credibility kind of like building win. It's not making a new star, but it's a credibility building win. The next year is John Cena, the setup twice in a lifetime. Less said about that, the better. The, the year after that, they chose Batista over Danny O'Brien. Yep. So you got that. They chose yeah. a new star. They wanted to make someone in 2015. Unfortunately, they they brought back Danny O'Brien before trying to make Roman Reigns with the Royal Rumble. So they did try in 2015, yeah. 2016, right back to Triple H. 2017, yeah. Randy Orton again. Yeah. Uh, 2018, they make someone again with Shinsuke Nakamura and Asuka in the first. And they didn't follow the through with either one of them. Either one of them. Either one of them. But they did try to make someone with the Rumble win with both of those winners. 2019, they just wanted to solidify that, uh, you know, Seth and Becky are WrestleMania main eventers. 2020. I would say, I would say that Rumble win did help solidify Becky Lynch as a main eventer. I, I would no. say that the that Rumble win did at that point. Yes. No, not not to me, not to me. That's that's it's it's the same, ladies and gentlemen. It's the same as Brock Lesnar in 2003. She was already a main eventer before she gets into the Rumble. The Rumble win just gets her the spot that everyone wanted her to be in. It's not, it's, I don't think it's a credibility building win because Becky Lynch had to be in the main event of WrestleMania. It was just like, okay, this is a foregone conclusion, but they solidified them as the, what tainted, as the main event. what tainted that win is the fact that Charlotte Flair was later just put in the match and then Becky Lynch was taken out of the match and then had to earn her way back into the match again, which Ronda Rousey just put her into the damn match again. That WWE was that, yeah, that, that, that well, well, don't let's not get into the yeah. convoluted, okay. convoluted okay. mess. They, okay. had, they had a slam dunk, easy story to tell, and they turned it into a convoluted, but at least we got that. That but, police like, riot scene thing that they did, but yeah, like the beginning and the end are great to me because I'm sorry, this man said. Oh, I'm not Charlotte is gonna be Charlotte Flair is one of my all-time favorite WWE trolling the crowd moments of all time. Of all time, just saying like Charlotte, the way he says it is just yeah. fantastic. It's one of the best troll moments WWE has ever done. So at the beginning and the end with the with the car and the police arresting them is great, but everything in between is a mess. 2020, Charlotte didn't need that, that no. Women's Royal Rumble win, but it did make a new star with Drew McIntyre. And then last year, Edge didn't need it, but you made a new star with Bianca Belair. So back-to-back years, they made new stars with Rumble winners, so they were due to do this, in my opinion. So I just say that this is, this is just part of the programming with WWE. They're not going to make a new star with Rumble winners every single year. I still would have gone with Riddle over Brock Lesnar. I think that would have been much better. I think that would have been a much better option just for the shock value. And then you could set up, obviously, Riddle versus, well, you knew it wasn't going to be Brock. It might not, even, hell, even Riddle versus Lashley would be an interesting matchup, in, in my opinion. But I think you could have had Randy Orton win the championship at Elimination Chamber. 
And then you could have had Orton versus Riddle. Now, everybody's sitting here saying, oh, well, we don't split them up. Don't split them up. I like the idea of them being together still and yeah. being challengers with one another. I think that would be a very interesting thing to have two very over baby face stars, kind of the student and the master relationship here. And basically have kind of like a Randy Orton Triple H uh, style matchup here where maybe Orton wins the title over Randy Orton at WrestleMania. And then that's what starts the split. Don't just split them up randomly and then have them feud heading into WrestleMania. I like the idea of them still being RK bro. They're just fighting one another for the WWE championship. And then the split happens afterwards. I would not be surprised, though, if that's the second option. They either put the WWE championship on Brock. Or they have Riddle win the Elimination Chamber, and then he defends the title against Randy Orton at, at WrestleMania. And I would honestly, right now, that's the direction I would go. I uh, I just wouldn't do that because oh, I'm sorry. I uh, sometimes it's okay to interfere in Elimination Chamber match, but I feel like it hurts the it hurts the gimmick overall when someone can get into the chamber, chamber and interfere, yeah. and that's the only way Brock Lesnar is getting it's eliminated. Losing from this elimination chamber is if the bloodline comes in and injects themselves. So I feel like it lessens the whole gimmick. And it's the first time the Saudi Arabia fans are actually uh, having it. So I rather them just do a clean, entertaining, fun chamber match than have some convoluted stuff involved. We are in agreement, though. There's not a chance in hell Bobby Lashley's walking out with the WWE Championship. No, because like it's sad. I love Bobby Lashley. I love the fact he won the WWE Championship. I love the fact that he's the first African-American man in 20 years. I'm going to keep saying this. This is a great. This is one of the greatest stats of 2022, and it happened in January, ladies and gentlemen, that Bobby Lashley is the first African-American man to pin Brock Lesnar in WWE. Over 20 years. That's a they should do. It, it, it is Black History Month now. They should run a video package of that stat on Monday Night Raw next they week. They should. They should. Why not? Why not? But, I mean, it's, it's yeah. They should it's, have some kind of a celebration with, with Bobby Lashley as a two-time African-American WWE champion next week. Even if they don't bring up that stat, they should have that next week, hands down. They should celebrate Bobby Lashley over these next three weeks to kind of help make up for the fact that he's about to job out this title at, at Elimination Chamber. Yeah, it's just sad because there's no, like, money matchup for him. Like, they've kind of either either really washed through. Like, the Brock Lesnar match would have been a money matchup. Like, yeah. honestly, I think, I think that the WrestleMania card would have been much better if we got the Royal Rumble title matches at WrestleMania. Yeah. Like, like the, the, I agree with you. I wholeheartedly agree with you because they just washed over Seth Rollins and Seth Rollins came out there last night. Is like, yeah, I know he cheated me, but ah, that's SmackDown business. And, and, and I can do whatever. I could go back anytime I want. They just glossed over everything. But you know me, I felt vindicated by that because I told y'all yesterday. I was like, I know. Yeah, I was like, they want to do this Brock Roman matchup. So they are not going to let Seth get involved in this again. He might be an option to win the WWE Championship in Saudi Arabia, but again, that would require then now Roman Reigns getting involved in helping Seth win, which I don't think would happen. So, again, I think it's, it comes down to two people. I am 99.5% sure that Brock Lesnar is winning at Elimination Chamber, and I am 0.5% sure that Matt Riddle has a chance of winning 
at Elimination Chamber. I think, One, I, think, I think Seth does have a chance, and that could still give us the title versus title match. Because you could do the triple threat that way with both yeah, you could. with both titles being involved. So there is a lot of different options. And Seth Rollins is another one where it, as WWE champion, there's not a very obvious money matchup for him unless you're going back to something that's already been done, which is either his friend Kevin Owens or the rival that beat him last in Edge. I think yeah. those are interesting, but those have been done to death. So Him heating it back up with Edge could lead to the dream mixed tag team match that I've always wanted to see, but you know, it is what it is. I, I'll save it. I'll save it for another show. One person who I know has no chance in hell of winning the elimination chamber match is Austin theory. He had a really, really good uh, matchup with Kevin Owens last night in which he won clean as a sheet real quick here. Cause we're way over the time that I wanted to get into. And I, I can hear my daughter running amok upstairs. A lot of people lost their damn minds when Austin Theory beat Kevin Owens clean last night. And Kevin Owens, you have to keep in mind, does not go to Saudi Arabia shows. Traditionally, does not go to Saudi Arabia shows. So this was going to happen one way or another. Granted, you don't have to book the match, but they still booked the match. It happened. Do you have an issue with Kevin Owens losing to Austin Theory as the IWC had last night? Um, I'm kind of on the fence on this. I can see why people were upset because, you know, Kevin Owens did just sign this to the three million dollar deal and yeah. it's like we haven't seen him booked in a way that like it's changed like it's kind of just he's kind of kept on this path that he kind of started on on monday night raw where he is positioned as one of their upper card to top card type of guys but yeah. he does take a lot of losses and inexplicably kind of like loses to people that you wouldn't think he would lose to like Austin Theory here. So, I mean, a day after Shane McMahon eliminating him from the Royal Rumble, this is not the best look, but it's understandable because Kevin Owens doesn't go to Saudi Arabia. And this was probably Kevin Owens' idea to put over someone new if he was going to lose in a qualifying matchup. I think that he probably had a hand in choosing Austin Theory because he wanted someone new to benefit from his loss. Yeah, in my mind, this is this is the, the fickle nature of fans coming into play here, where on one hand, they will constantly talk about how WWE doesn't build new stars or try to build new stars, and then they'll complain about, you know, DQ finishes and never having a clean this. That, and I saw, I saw people complaining that they didn't protect Kevin Owens. So one, WWE not only here, did they put over a younger talent that they are actively trying to build up, who, by the way, is incredible in the ring. Character work needs some, some work. Uh, character work needs some work. And again, a, a guy with Matt, like Matt Riddle, who has you know issues with the crowd for something that he may or may not have done outside of the wrestling ring, totally understand that. But in a nutshell, this is WWE putting over a younger talent to try and build him up and he got a clean victory, which we don't get a whole lot of. To me, in a bubble, this is exactly what people want. But because it wasn't with who they want, exactly, they hated it. They hated it. So I'm saying, look, guys, can't have your cake and eat it too. All right. This, this, this to me is people finding things to complain about. And I understand if you feel a certain way about Austin Theory, and that is totally fine. But again, you can't. You know, it's it's on one hand, I'm saying this, but on the other hand, I'm saying this people hate when they do things that they want, but it's not the person that they 
want it to be. And I think that is the the main issue with this. I personally don't have an issue with it. Choose your battles. Be yes. upset that Kevin Owens got eliminated from the Royal Rumble. Yes, by, by that Kevin is Moore. inexplicable. That is, that is worthy of being upset. Be upset that Mad Cat Moss eliminated Adrian Styles from the Royal Rumble. That Which, is worth real quick, it. Real quick, because we haven't brought it up. How damn great was that Rey Mysterio AJ Styles match last night? That was a fun match. That was a really fun matchup. I like them working well together, and I like them working as baby faces against yes. each other. I felt like their previous matchups uh, back in, I think it was uh, 2019, were hurt by the fact that AJ had to try to be a heel and the matches didn't get enough time. This got enough time. They worked really well with each other. This was a, a lot of fun, and I would love for them to have a great uh, a, a pay-per-view matchup because then I feel like they can really have a great matchup that yeah. would be remembered at the end of the year. Just absolutely let it loose. We do appreciate you guys tuning in to the Believe in Pro Wrestling podcast, which is available anywhere podcasts are available, as well as our YouTube channel. Make sure to hit subscribe. Turn those notifications on. We did run a little bit of a contest leading up to the Royal Rumble. $50 gift card for WWE shop just by following Sid and myself on Twitter and by subscribing. We're going to be doing more giveaways later. So go ahead and subscribe now. Get registered now before we do our next one because anybody who is subscribed to our YouTube channel is eligible uh, to win. But we did draw our winner this morning. And congratulations to Santino Graviano at Little Saint Santini. You win a $50 gift card to WWE shop. Keep an eye on your DMs on Twitter because I'm going to be sliding into them later on and I will explain how to uh, how, how we're going to do this exchange. Totally, uh, totally not under the table at all uh, how we're going to do this exchange. But uh, thank you very much for subscribing. Thank you to everybody else who has subscribed and please continue to hit that subscribe button. We are inching our way up to monetization. We are inching our way up there. SP3 and I would like to get paid for doing this show. So let's let's get us up there. Let's get us to that thousand threshold. We are over 10% of the way there. We appreciate everybody for tuning in. Have a wonderful rest of your Tuesday. And if something interesting happens today, we'll, we'll be back on tomorrow to talk about it. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.